All right. Welcome to episode two of, of Real Shift. Shit. Life, <laughs> loss, and everything in between. I'm Ignacio Leon. Deborah E. Leon. And we're happy to be here with you. Today we're going to be talking about grief. Yeah. Uh, heavy topic, but we're going to try to bring some insight into it. Um, you know, it, it, it's a it's definitely a journey. So, I mean, background to this, Deborah, for those that may not know us tuning in for the first time, you know, what, what, why don't you share? You want me to share? Yeah. Well, right now, what I'm thinking I want to share is that I left the book I wanted to talk about. You had many books on Next, yeah. Well, I, I have, yeah, that's like a collection of books, but I ordered a new book that is Grief is Love, and it is, um, I have it right next to Zan's Cremains in the family room, and I was going to share it today, and we'll just have to share it later. Yeah. But, but, but for background. Our story? Yeah, at, at least a snippet on, on why this topic and, and why it's paramount. Okay, so October 27th, 2019, probably... Not probably the worst day of our lives. Worst day of our lives. Um, Zanny at 16, um, it just came to light that he was struggling um, with depression, right? You know, we, we, I always just thought, and I know we would talk about this, but I always thought that he was just introvert, liked being in his room. I mean, he'd go out with his friends, he would do stuff, but. Um, more to himself. Yeah. Um, he, he it, it was, it's tricky because, you know, initially you think someone who suffers with depression or with any type of mental health, um, they're mopey all the time. They don't shower. They are always asleep. Like all the things that Zan wasn't. Right. You know? <laughs> Yeah, he was, he was very dynamic and very dynamic. excelled in many areas. Everything that he touched, he yeah. did well. Um, he was just always so hard on himself. But as the years progressed, um, during that time, you know, we, we had a conversation because his drama teacher had, had called me after one of the, uh, the uh, rehearsals that they had. Remember, mm -hmm. I, I talked to you that, that Nicole Jones... Um, and I, I thank Nicole because had it not been for that call, um, who knows how much longer he would have been with us. Yeah. I feel that that call gave us more years with Zan. I really do. And, and to the point, to that point from 16 on, and we've seen this kind of battle on that day, October 27th, 2019, uh, was the last day our son was here on this earth. And when she mentions cremains, we actually have his cremains here in this home. So, you know, through COVID, you know, while a lot of people were going through COVID in their way, oh, I'm home, I've, you know, it was double hard because that was our first year of dealing with grief. Um, and months, that word first means- First months. First months and just just went into that whole right. year, you know, that uh, of what that was. So and I, and I want to just add though, if anyone's wanting the full story, which I'm, we're more than happy to yeah. share. But we we want to be specific in this conversation. You can always um, go to Zan You Matter with an X, Zan You Matter um, dot org, 
as well as um, we're, you know we have a page on Facebook, a page on Instagram that's Zanu Matter, um, but ZanuMatter.org is the website, and, and you could read a little more about this our story, Zan's story, because um, we now have a foundation. And the resources that we have attached to there, we actually hear from quite a lot of parents uh, yes. as well. Parents concerned, yeah. You know, and the goal is you know end stigma, end stigma, raise awareness, and then and provide resources to help others so that they don't hopefully have to experience the pain and loss yeah. that we have. So with that, um, what what is your definition or what is what does grief mean to you? I mean, when you think about that word, it's such I know I know I heard that word before October twenty seventh, but it has a very different feel and right. meaning to me. Well now. and I think that you and I also have had different experiences yeah. with the loss, right? You know, I I come from a family where my brother, when I was 11, at 17, he died in an accident. So I, my, my view of grief is seeing, obviously, my pain at 11, how I dealt with it, I dealt with it through what I now, you know, the psychiatrists have suggested that when Ava was 11, how we should deal with it with her. And it's like, just let her be with her friends. Just let her have that outlet because yeah. kids deal differently. So when I was 11, I do remember I was always gone. I was out. They were taking me everywhere. You know, my sister, my brother's friends and my own friends. And, you know, the older I got, the more I went out. And um, But I, I remember seeing my parents. Mm-hmm so broken and devastated yet so full of faith and hope um and that was wonderful but my brother died in a car act in a motorcycle accident or by a motorcycle accident versus zan who died by suicide so that that like it's it's a shift (laughs) of okay, we are people of faith, um, and that doesn't happen for a family or in a family of faith that has practiced all these things, has done all these things, has served in the church community all their lives. And so um, grief on top of stigma because of the how it is a never-ending. I mean, just yesterday we talked. You were mm-hmm. like, I had, a, I had a bad, you know, it was it's a hard, hard day. day. And I was like, dude, it was and, a hard and day I for me, too. And I wouldn't even say just stigma. I think the implication, and this is why we're so passionate about it, but the implication can be shame. Uh, and, and, and we heard that from a lot of families who said, you know, we, this happened, but the real story didn't come out because it was shame associated. And I think when we talked about this on the first episode, how the day after Zan transitioned, and we were very open well, the about day it. Of, but the yeah, yeah. We were well, very remember open. the day of we on the, the drive right. down from NAU when we were in the car, our our dear friends, their family to yeah. us, Kent and Chervet, who will share the f- full story a different day, but. Ken Chervet, you know, were driving us back home. And I remember both of us, we looked, we were in the back seat and we looked at each other and we said, we are going to talk about this because the one thing that 
I did not want to happen. And that's probably why I'm so open about all things. I never want someone sharing my story. Right. I want, I never want someone interpreting what I said. So I'm, I'm always the keep my name out of your mouth person. Like, mm, let me sick. speak for myself. <laughs> keep my name out. I, I want to speak for me. So I didn't want anyone painting this picture that they thought they knew because no one knew anything except for us right. who were there. <laughs> so, I mean, so, so, so again, we're, when, we, when we say grief, you know, you're coming from folks who have definitely walked this. And, and um, I mean, in some ways, uh, somebody just shared with me about a, a dad who's... who's recently lost his son to a motorcycle accident just a couple of months ago and i can immediately having never met him but just i can relate to the crushing and whether it's a mom parent um it's it's intense on a level i i really it's hard to describe it, it's a club no no parent should ever you know ever wants to be a part of but that only someone in the club can understand at that degree um, because I mean, in those, especially in those early days, there's no relief in the morning. There's no relief at night. There's no relief in your sleep. There's, there's no, relief. no relief. And so grief from that part, uh, I, I think that that is, it's like a severing of a limb and you're just trying to breathe to get to that next day. Well, was it day two for me or three where I woke up and I could not, I thought I was having a heart attack yeah. and I like, I can't breathe. I need to go outside. And that's, we went on another walk. Um, because that's how the, the, I don't know, the, it's pressure, it's pain, it's everything. I've never, I mean, I've, I've had two natural births with some drugs in there. <laughs> but I mean, you know, just the, the onset of the pain, right. like I, the pain of the loss, the grief is like none other. Yeah. Think of your worst heartbreak. A million times over like there is no relief and there is no relief and and you'll probably you know one of some a couple that was everything to us those first two months are the warrens yeah and through their sharing of their story and her you know um Kay's Kay Warren, Rick Kay Warren, Warren Rick Warren, back. yeah. Um, she, you know, talks about when, when we went to the the retreat, well, it was like a one-day yeah, suicide, Survivor's Day, Survivor's yeah. Day at um, Saddleback. That was the month after. Like, I, we were just searching Shocked for answers. And we, but we were searching. We were searching. We, we, I needed to find people that understood my loss. Yeah. Like, and, and I get it. Loss is loss, but the loss by suicide is just a, it's another level. It, it, it is. And, and I think, but I mean, as, as parents and, and, um, for those that may be listening, maybe you're not a parent, but you're, you're, you're talking about grief. I, we come from that place that when we were in that spot, we needed to hear from people who we felt, felt like we felt had right. been through. And that's a big reason why why this podcast, like why now? Right. Because we, for a lot of those folks, we can relate to pain and still wake up the next day because this is part of actually my next point that I want to share is 
you know, what is, what has been the hardest part of, uh, you know, as grieving parents, still having a living child here and a child on the other side. I mean, because you can't just curl up in a ball and disappear, although you want to, right? You physically want to curl up and just, just stop. But you've got, you've got another child here. And so he forces you to get up out of bed and still make, wake up and be present and celebrate a birthday and celebrate a holiday. I mean, what is that, what's that hardest part been like for you? Well, that has been hard because I think that we go hard for holidays and celebrations, Always especially have. birthdays. Always have. Bins and bins of holiday stuff. Always have. That's just something. So that probably was the hardest and not because I didn't want to celebrate or couldn't celebrate Ava. It was the fact that we were going to do this and Zan wasn't here physically. Yeah. And so I, I couldn't envision, I, I couldn't even imagine a family photo without him. So initially, like I would just take pictures with Ava or I would just take pictures with you, but I didn't want to take pictures with the three of us because it didn't feel complete. Yeah, something was missing. And we already ha were experiencing that before he transitioned, while he was away at college. We grieved that first year. Like, I had a hard time, like, you know, going places. Like, oh, Zan's not with us. Because we did everything together when, when it came to the things, right? All the vacations and the staycations yeah, and the, especially the holidays the, the special yeah the holidays and so that that was difficult um and you know and then I mean I you know Ava did ask us not to talk about her on the podcast so until she wants us to yeah we're so not we sharing her story but as not parents, sharing her story but she also was dealing with the yeah, own grief and right. we all are we still continue to right it was hard it was hard it was hard thinking he's not here for this yeah and I think you shared it before earlier, right? Being the sibling, you were that living child. Yeah. And your mom and dad that had yeah. lost a son. So you you understand what it means to be an Avis. Yes. So even more so, I think I really tried to make a greater effort, although I'm not sure how well that went over in those first. Well, we had COVID, you know, I, what, this was October. We took November, December off from work, and we went to New York. Went, we went to New York. To we went Bay. to go visit, you know, yeah. my aunts in San Francisco. I mean, we we went and just it, but it was hard. It was hard. It was hard. You know, every moment was hard. Yeah, but I think it is a conscious decision, and you do hear about stories, you know, when you you know as parents and having a child. I call it like split aces. You know, you got one on the other side and one here. And and um, navigating that. So, um, for those that may be grieving, right, newly bereaved or maybe complicated grief, um, you know, I, I, there's a couple of things that come to mind. But what has helped you? If you had to pinpoint a, one to two things that you know really your go-to, especially in those hard days, what what has that been? And something that really can. Well, shift. I wish I had all the books out. And right now I'm thinking, we didn't change our shirts. We were going to change our shirts for episode two. That's fine. <laughs> That's where my mind goes. And I was going to bring out all my books on grief. Um, and I still order them. One just came today that I'm taking with us to, to the Dell. 
Anyhow, um, I think through everything that I've read and just coming to terms with where I'm at in life, and it could be also my age, um, is that I give myself grace and I have boundaries like none other. Um, I'm, I'm a mama bear, even with my son in yeah. heaven. I'm a mama bear with my daughter here, so that I, I get very protective of, um, of my kids. When it comes to grief, I'm protective of even my own self. So um, if someone's, you know, uses suicide and in like just not in the best way, if there are someone that I know, I'm like, hey, dude, not okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of times friends now they catch themselves. I'm so sorry. I shouldn't have said that. I'm like, yeah. it's okay. I know the intent. Which wasn't, is surprising when you you're know? when you're sensitive to the word. How often it's said in just common vernacular, right. you know? Oh my god! Sometimes people don't catch themselves, and you just—it's just an everyday language. Yeah, and so you know, I can't be mad, but I—I—I I, I, I think it's boundaries. Just what it is, yeah. Boundaries, and if I don't feel like doing something, I'm not doing it. You know, I'm, um, and I say extracurricular stuff, right? Because I think that you and I both just have dove into to work, right? So work and making sure Ava's taken care of yeah. and making sure Ava, if she wants to go here, if she wants to go there, you want to go to Thailand, well, vamanos, let's go. So, you know, me, that's my priority. My priority is myself, my husband, and my daughter. And after that, it's obviously my job. I love what I do. I love what I get to do. And so I've been able to, I've, I've always been one to go all in when it comes to work, but it's been an easier, like just go all in because I don't have to think about the other stuff. So sometimes the day is really long and then it's like come home and you just, I unplug. Um, I'm so thankful that we are so blessed with such an amazing community of of people even here just in our community where we we live. And so um, we are never without someone who is just there right and if it's just to sit and do nothing it's okay and i have some evenings like that we have evenings where we veg out right and we're like let's just we do or we're in the pool or or in the pool or we go go listen to to a band or go to dinner and so yeah well i i think for me i mean all of those things um and I, I do tend to be, right, like I said, my list, right? Sometimes I'm, I, I write things down. But I, I really was helped just reaching out to, you know, when you're in that place, when you're in the desert, you're looking for water, you're turning over rocks, you're looking at cactus, you're just anything that can provide any kind of relief. And, number, and one of the things that really helped me was writing down core beliefs. Um, like, what is a core belief? Like, one of my core beliefs that I believe for me is I will see Zen again. Absolutely. Right? Another core belief was he's good. He he's is good. He's in a good place. Another core belief I had was my story's not over. Deborah's story's not over. Abe's story's not over. There's a reason to still get up today. And so these core beliefs that we still have work to do, there's still good days here. Right. That was sometimes the only thing that got me out of bed. And so having core beliefs, having a vision, uh, you know, if you have dreams and aspirations that 
you just believe down in your heart. Sometimes you just hang on to those. Sometimes, you know, that burns up, but you come back to those and, um, and sweat every day. Well, one of my core beliefs, yeah. I mean, it's, that's, that's different than how I, how I was dealing with it, but my core be- belief is that this life is so temporary. Yeah. It's a, it's a split minute. Well, you do have a paradigm shift. Major shift. A paradigm shift. I mean, when, when everything you, you have that you love is in this world, you know, there's no reason to think about the next. You actually fear death probably more. But when that changes, there is a significant paradigm shift. And everything you love is no longer in this world. How, how can it not shift? So I, I do agree with you. We live, yeah. we live with life knowing that it's quick. They're right. numbered. Right. Well, if, if YOLO was a thing before for us, because, you know, we were talking earlier that we're both high eyes. Mm-hmm. When we got married, we didn't realize we were both high eyes until years later. And so I think that's why we elope, because we're both very spontaneous. And you're yeah. like, let's go here. Let's go. I mean, <laughs> sometimes we're not good for each other. Well, that's other. the paradigm shift where they say, you know, life is short. <laughs> You know, do it, but then life is long. You need a retirement plan, so you so, can't. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. But sometimes, yeah. you know, we're a little more like, let's do it. We're very adventurous in that, and and I think even yeah. more so now. It's, you know what? I, I my friends in Paris, and she's like, she at five this morning we were up. She sends a text, and she's like, I'm in Gucci. Mm-hmm. What do I do? Buy it. And I said, girl. <laughs> You called Yolo. the right friend. You, she's like, I, she said that. She's like, I knew I texted the right friend. I said, hey, I'm, I got your back. Yeah. When's the next time you're going to Paris? You've been working your butt off. I mean, you know, do you have, first of all, do you have the money to, yes, you have several investments. Okay. Then you're good. I mean, just do it because tomorrow is not promised. So if you have the money, don't go in debt. Mm-hmm. But if you got the money, splurge a little take care of yourself take that trip make it happen yeah it 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 definitely is a paradigm shift and uh sneak peek i am working on a book that's specific to grief and loss and disappointment and i'm excited but some of these things about core belief and vision and meditation and sweating um you know they're all different parts of that journey but if you've got you know if you want Things that work for me, feel free to reach out to me. I'd be happy to share those as I'm working through. Yeah, and we may this. have to do grief part two. Um, so email for now is realshiftpodcast at gmail.com. Yep, and so we'll have send that. send us an email or, or message us through we'll Instagram. We'll have that in, uh, on, our, on our contact posted out there. But uh, uh, I guess in closing, is there anything else you'd add? And w- I think we do need to have a part two because we didn't even get to beliefs that we have changed and to, faith. And, yeah, we didn't even tell so the story. That is coming. We need like part one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We're still series. writing. Yeah, we're still <laughs> writing it. But uh, guys, thank you for joining thank back so for much. episode number two. Uh, we're happy to be here. And uh, again, I'm Ignacio Leon. This is Deborah E. Leon. And thank you for listening. We'll be back with you episode matter. three where we'll be talking about faith and shifting faith and what do you do when you have no faith and uh and we're going to change our shirts because those who do podcasts like you do several in one Mm -hmm. sitting so i'm going to change my shirt why so that i don't look like a picture because those things matter to me okay (laughs) all right guys see you later
Are you going to go change? They, you look at me like you're disgusted.